Now am I on? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Too loud, huh? Thanks, Pastor Dane. I'm so glad Pastor Dane was able to make it here this morning. That's a blessing. Huge blessing. Yeah. Let's just pray. Lord, we come before you this morning and we thank you for this day that you've created. We thank you for the creation, Lord, and we look at the mountains and we thank you for all the snow that you've given, Lord. And just be with everyone today who's dealing with health problems or physical problems, financial problems, hardships of many kinds, Lord. They may not know why they're dealing with it, but that they give everything to you, Father God, and that they allow these problems and struggles to allow them to mold them more into the image of your likeness, Lord, and that they may not understand the struggle, but that they give it to you and that they know that this shall pass as well when they're called into the kingdom of heaven, Lord. Allow it to make them stronger believers and followers of Jesus Christ. We love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for another day of life. The breath that you breathe into our lungs, Lord, is from you. We thank you for the many blessings that we do have, Lord, and for those things that don't make sense in our lives. Let us just keep moving forward and have a more consistent walk with you, Lord. Let distractions that weigh us down and that get ahead of you, Father God, let us put those and replace them with things that allow our walk to grow in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was called about 7 o'clock. I was still sleeping this morning by Pastor Dane, and he was telling me how he was in the ER and that if I could step in and do a sermon. Uh, first and foremost, I wasn't up yet, but secondly, when I got this call uh, and text, first I was worried about him, but again, I'm so glad he was able to make it here. Secondly, I was so stressed because I'm like, I've never prepped a whole entire sermon in like 30 minutes with our kid who's screaming his whole head off today. Probably the worst day he's had in a long time. I'm like, Lord, help me. I'm about to have a heart attack. I don't even know if I'm going to make it here. But God willing, he put something on my heart to talk to you about today. And it's about being consistent in our walk with Jesus Christ. If you want to improve in anything, you have to be consistent. The more you practice, the better you will become. I remember when I was an athlete, a huge athlete that was, in those areas of my life that I wanted to improve on. Even if it was baseball, I made all-stars, and I was one of the best. It wasn't good enough. I wanted to be better. I wanted to be faster. I wanted to be quicker. I wanted to be more ripped. It was those areas of my life that I wanted to improve on. And we see that so much when New Year's comes around, right? The biggest New Year's resolution is what? To lose weight, get in shape, get fit, go to the gym. You go to any gym, you see how packed it is for like three weeks, right? Only three weeks at max. The fourth week comes around, it's February. Now you're like, oh, wow, it's back to being empty again. And that's because we as a society and as people have a problem with consistency. This is much like our spiritual walk, too. If we want to walk with God and, he, and walk in a certain area, we want him to work in a certain area of our life, then expect for God to test us. I mean, for example, I, I want God to move in my life with patience, but then I decide to go on Bear Valley Road on a Friday. It wasn't a smart decision on my point. We ask for these areas in our lives, all joking aside, 
for God to work in us in patience, deliverance, freedom, whatever the case may be. And God usually tends to do it very quick. And we're like, Lord, but why did you do that? He's saying, because you asked me to do it. Because you asked me to do it. One of the biggest problems that we have is consistency and having a consistent relationship with God. For example, people may start off being on fire for the Lord. I remember going to winter camps as a freshman and sophomore in high school, coming off a spiritual high. And I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to be the same person I once was. But then temptation comes and trials come, hardships come, and I'd be the same person that I once was again. And I would start going to church maybe once a month, once a year. You may have a serious battle come against them where they seem to get serious about their walk with God. But then a lot of times they slip back into doing the things that they've always done. And obviously the problem in doing such is that we go back to not growing in our walk with God, but in fact will most likely be drowning in our circumstances. Our walk tends to be a lot like the stock market. It goes up when things are easy. It goes down when life is hard. But what comes to my mind when I think about hardships and trials of many kinds that gives me strength to continue to move forward that I know that I can is Philippians 4:13 that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The thing that God is teaching me here today and is still working on me is that he doesn't want us always to be too comfortable. And what I mean by that is that he doesn't want us to be too comfortable because then if we're too comfortable, our faith tends to waver. And we tend to rely on Alan Schwartz instead of Jesus to fix our problems. We tend to want to fix our own problems. We tend to want to be the solution fixer. When we're comfortable with how our walk is, we stun our spiritual walk. We always should want more. When we come home from a long day at work or from a long day of Going maybe, I always use this analogy, going to Walmart, I'll use, I'll stop picking on Walmart, but when we come from a long day and we're sick of people, we just want to come home, we just want to relax on our favorite mattress, our favorite couch, our favorite recliner. Some of us, we tend to fall asleep because we're so comfortable. This is much like our spiritual walk when we're so comfortable. A lot of us tend to fall asleep. A lot of us don't grow. It stunts our growth, our walk with Jesus Christ. You guys, I've heard this time and time again. God isn't in the punishing you business. You know what he's in? He's in the forming you in his image business. Jesus was tempted in every way we were. The difference between him and I and you and I. He passed every single temptation as Hebrew 4.15 says. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to emphasize with our weaknesses But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet, he did not sin. He's in the giving us a second chance business. As we deserved hell, yet Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice for you and I, so we can join him in heaven in paradise. 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. John 3:16 for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 
Maybe you're here today and, and God has tried to grab your attention so many times, yet you're rejecting him. Yet you're rejecting him. He's tried everything, but he said, no, Lord, I'm here to share with you. If give God a chance, he will not give up on you. Our walk with Jesus Christ is much like a Christmas tree or garden. In order to grow, we need to be watered or they will die. If we're constantly watering ourselves by being in the word, making godly choices, decisions, then our walk won't be dead. If in fact, it will be alive. Isaiah 58, 11 says, The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. So John four thirteen through 14 says, Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water... I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So when we're constantly walking with someone, with a person, with a friend, whatever the case may be, you're going to understand them better than you ever did. You're going to know their heart. You're going to know their thoughts. Walking with God is not just a time in prayer. It's not just being here on Sundays, Wednesdays, Fridays, maybe even seven days a week. It's more than that. It is a lifestyle. It is the way that you live your life. And that can only be obtained through having a relationship with Jesus Christ and putting him in the driver's seat of your life. He knows everything about us and we should strive to know more about him. It's a journey, a long journey. It's a process. And now imagine going on a trip with your best friend. Your best friend, you have a pet snake, and your best friend hates your pet snake, right? So you know it doesn't make them happy to bring your pet snake along the trip. So because you love your your, uh, best friend so much, you decide to leave it behind. This, in the same way, we should do the same thing for God by not bringing our sin along the way. And things that hinder our relationship with Christ. And things that hold us back from being closer to Jesus. When you walk with God, you choose to imitate Him. You choose to do godly things even when it's hard. You choose to forgive those even when it's hard. You choose not to hold on to bitterness even when it's hard. You choose to love even when it's so stinking hard to do so. You choose to love. In this broken and evil and dark fallen world that we live in today... It isn't hard to notice a man or a woman of God whose heart is aligned with God's heart. Because their light shines so bright and set apart from the world, which reminds me of Matthew 5, 14, 16, which says, You're the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light. To everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I wrote down four ways to have a more consistent walk with God. Obviously, there's a lot more ways, but these are the four ways. And the first one is to focus on God more. 
Now, before you can actually focus on God, we need to let go of all the things that are distracting us from having a better relationship with God and spending more time with him. These things are things that we prioritize over God. For example, I know a lot of us, including myself, guilty, spend more time sometimes on Facebook and Instagram than we do in the Word of God. Think again what it's like to walk with a friend. If your friend isn't spending the entire time, if they're spending their entire time on their cell phone while they're walking with you, instead of talking with you, it wouldn't be very enjoyable. And you wouldn't be walking with them on a meaningful level. In the same way, the distractions, the distractions we focus on, and instead of focusing on God, can also prevent us from walking together as one with God. Obviously, sins create an obvious distraction, but even things that can be beneficial can be harmful. For example, if you become obsessed with work, and money, where you start neglecting your family and putting the work and money ahead of family, then we are making it a priority and an idol. The second, what I was talking to you about earlier, the hardest one, work on our patience. Work on our patience. Because you guys understand the answer to a prayer or a solution to a difficult circumstance usually doesn't arrive as promptly in the matter that we would like it to arrive in. But in order to walk alongside God, with God as one, we must slow down our own pace and walk at God's pace. God will guide you to the place you're supposed to be at the time that you're supposed to arrive there. You understand, you might be in a rush to get there. But if you want to walk with God, you must trust that God's chosen time of arrival is better than ours when the two disagree. I've had lots of disagreements with Jesus. I still do. Lots of doubts. Sometimes. Sometimes fearful. Fearful today. But God, when he opens up and he actually shows me what he wants from me and it takes a lot longer and a different direction and a different route than I ever expected. I was like, wow, Lord, that's what you had in store for me the entire time. Sometimes unanswered prayers are better than answered prayers. God doesn't use Amazon Prime and he doesn't use overnight services a lot to answer our prayers. Sometimes he does. But you guys, most of the time, if we're being real here, he doesn't do it overnight. He doesn't do it in two days. Sometimes he doesn't do it in two years or 20 years. But he does it in his perfect timing. Because he has a purpose and a perfect plan for every single one of our lives. And he wants us to learn from every storm that we're faced with and we're dealt with. And he's walking us through, as Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The third one, it sounds simple, but it's hard as well. Keep walking. Don't give up. We tend to give up so easily. 
We tend to give up so easily when things don't go our way. But no matter how many times you trip and you stumble and you fall, we need to dust ourselves off, walk, and fight the good fight of faith. Because God will not turn you away, even if we temporarily lose sight of the road that we're supposed to travel on. Even if we lose God and we stir away from him, he is with us at all circumstances of our lives. Guys, it isn't how many times you fail. It's how many times you not only get back up, but you keep going and learning from every obstacle thrown our way. Don't look at just how long the struggle has been going on for. You could do that. But don't look at just that. But also look how God has been there for you through each one of your struggles. And ask him how you're going to overcome every struggle. How he is going to help you come out of every struggle. How he's been there for you throughout every struggle. And ask him what he wants from you during every struggle. What he wants to teach you. What he wants to, what you want to learn from him. Because he's our teacher. He's our father. Pray to him. Ask him what he wants to teach us. The fourth and last one is give it all you've got. Give it 110% of every ounce that you have. Apostle Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 4.15. Be diligent in these matters. Give yourself wholly to them so that everyone may see your progress. When we constantly focus on Christ, we won't have time to focus on other things. Regardless of what we do, there will always be hardships. There will always be trials. There will always be struggles. There will always be good seasons and bad seasons of our lives. Ups and downs in our walks with Christ. But if we tend to give God more of ourselves, if we tend to give God all of us, 100%, then we will have a more consistent walk with God. I don't know what you guys are going through. I don't know what you guys have been through. I don't know what you guys are going to go through, but you will be going through some stuff. And you will be going through some pain and some trials and some hardships. But if you trust God along the process, and if you continue to hold on and cling on to God, it still won't make it easy, but it will make it possible. I don't know how people live without God, and I'm glad that I don't have to find out how. And someone here today in this room, you may be living without God. But all along, God is so good that he's been living with you even before you were ever born. Before you were ever even thought of, he knew you. Thank you, Pastor Dane, again for giving me the chance. I, I never take speaking for granted. I never take sermons for granted. But most importantly, it's about how I live my life. And I want to live a life where God says, well done, good and faithful servant, when I enter the gates of heaven. And I want every one of you to have that same opportunity here today. Here today. Where God says, well done, good and faithful servant. I mean, it's just amazing how great God is. My father-in-law was just talking to me about this the other day. He hasn't been to church for a while. He's like, my relationship with Christ, it hasn't been as strong as it should be. I finally went to church yesterday. 
um, and God still blessed me with this job that I love and all these things, even though I feel as though I didn't deserve it, God is still pouring his blessings upon me. You could walk so far away from God, but if you walk back to him, you choose to follow him, you believe in him, he will forgive you. Only God could do something like that. Let's fold our hands in praise um, or in prayer. And before we end, if you guys need prayer of any kind, I'll be over here. My buddy Glenn, it's good to see you, buddy. Oh, man, if he can come up, if he's up to it, if we could pray, if Glenn could pray. Um, if you guys have been walked, if you guys aren't walking with Christ, but you know Christ, but you're walking away from him. I hope today you guys make that decision to put him in the driver's seat of your life. If you guys came here today and you didn't know Christ, he knows you. He loves you. And he wants you. I hope you guys come up. God bless you guys, and I'm going to pray right now. Lord, life isn't guaranteed. Another day of life isn't guaranteed. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed, Lord. We don't know what the future holds for us. Except for as followers of Jesus, we do know that heaven waits for us. We do know for followers of you, Lord, that heaven waits upon us. And I can't wait for that day, Lord. But as we're here on earth, may we be stewardess for you. May we be vessels for you. And may people look at the way that we live and want to see what's in us, non-believers, and say, Hey, I want what that man or woman has living in them. I want that joy that they have, even in the midst of their hardships and trials. I want to believe what they believe in. I want that joy and that peace of all understanding. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Lord, as trials and hardships come our way, that weigh us down and make our patience, spiritual walk, patience so difficult May us grow stronger, Lord. May we grow stronger in you. We know, Lord, in your word it says that you never give us more than we could handle. But there's those days and those weeks and those months and years it seems as though we can't handle anymore, Lord. May you give us the strength to handle them. May you give us the strength to handle every situation thrown our way. Every thing that we have, Lord. We give it to you because it's yours, Lord. We thank you for the clothes on our back. We thank you for the house that we have, Lord, the food that we have. We thank you for even the little bit of finances we have just to pay our bills, Lord, just to put gas in our car for clothes, even if it's one pair, Lord. We thank you for it. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray and God's children say amen.